You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Satan wants the people. He wants you. And he'll give you the goods of this life. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I raise my hand to the Lord God, most high creator of heaven and earth, have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing from you. You are not going to lure me into getting my roots in this world, in this life, and what it has to offer. I'm headed to a better place. Today, Pastor Danny talks about the temptation that Satan tries to use against us on this earth in order that we might stray away from our walk with the Lord and that we might instead get caught up in our own desires and needs and in so doing, push Jesus away. Pastor Danny shows us the truth of the matter. He says that there's a better place waiting for you with better treasures and much more peace. And that place is heaven. So be careful not to get caught up in the sin of this world and what it has to offer you. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 14 with today's edition of The Living Word. And uh, here you are, you got your kids, you got your family, and here this Egyptian army is bearing down on you. And here's what God says to them through Moses. Here's what God says, be still, right? I got my wife, I got my kids there, and, a, and an army is bearing down on us, and you want me to just stay here? You want me to just stand here? Right. No, no, no. Everything in my mind, when that army is coming, I'm saying, grab the wife, grab the kids, let's run. Let's get out of here. Let's run. That's what my thinking is like. And that's natural. That's natural. But God's supernatural, and he doesn't think the way we think. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so I, my thoughts above yours. I don't think like you think. Stand still and I'll fight for you. That's what he says to him. Stand still and I'll fight for you. Elijah, remember the story? Here's a widow of Zarephath and God speaks to Elijah, says, I got a widow and she's going to provide your needs. A widow. He goes to Zarephath. There's the widow. She's gathering some sticks because she's destitute. She's like a stick herself. You can just imagine she's, she's going to die. She's dying. She's got one child. And she says, uh, as Elijah questions her, I'm going home with these sticks. We're going to make the last meal of me and my son. We're going to die. And here's what God says to her through Elijah. Here's the word of the Lord for this widow and her child. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have. Bring it to me and then make something for yourself and for your son. You tell me that makes sense. You, you tell me you're the widow, and you can get that compute in your brain. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Don't you love the feeding of the 4,000 and the 5,000? Don't you love those stories? And uh, here they got a couple of fish and just a little bit of bread. And on both occasions, Jesus says to his disciples, you give them something to eat. And you're one of the disciples, and you're, you're thinking, that's crazy, man. And then he says, tell them to sit down in groups, get together. We're going to have a meal. That makes absolutely no sense. Abraham, go back to the story with me, the book of Genesis. Come on. We spend the rest of our time here. Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, 75 years old, verse 4, Abraham 
Abram. Abram means exalted father. God would later change his name after they finally do have a child, a miracle child. God changes his name to Abraham. Just before they have the child, it means father of many. So here, Abram, exalted father. Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai. I'm just going to call her Sarah. She gets her name changed later, too. His wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and uh, the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord there who had appeared to him. And so now he's become a worshiper of God instead of a worshiper of idols. And he's building altars now. And you find he does this again and again. Verses 8 and 9, he moves on and then he pitches his tent and he builds an altar to the Lord. Then chapter 13, God blesses Abraham materially. God blesses Lot, his nephew, materially. The herdsmen uh, of Lot are quarreling with Abraham's herdsmen because they have so many livestock to feed. And Abraham says to his nephew, hey, we're brothers. It's not right for us to quarrel. So you choose which way you want to go. And whichever way you go, I'll go the opposite direction. Let's settle this thing. Let's have peace. So Lot looked up. And saw the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord. And Lot looked and he chose the most fertile direction, humanly speaking. And so Abraham, showing that he's a man learning to walk by faith, he says, okay, you go that way. And that's the the way you would normally choose. Anybody would, but I'm going to just walk by faith. I'll go the opposite direction. Then God speaks to him. Verse 14, chapter 13. Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north, south, east, and west. That includes the direction that Lot went. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. So Abraham moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where again, he built an altar to the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And God's given him tremendous promises. I mean, he's going to have descendants that you can't even count like the dust on the earth, like the stars in the sky, God will say to him. I mean, tremendous promises. Then you get to chapter 14 and chapter 14 Um, some enemy kings take captive Lot. Abraham goes out and God gives him the victory. They rescue Lot, bring him back. And on the way back, after winning the victory, this mysterious figure named Melchizedek meets Abraham. And you see that in chapter 14, verse 18. Melchizedek is Christ in the Old Testament before he became the man Jesus. Melchizedek, this king of Salem, king of righteousness, king of peace and king of righteousness, without beginning of days or end of life, he's a priest forever. It's Christ. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gives him a tenth of all the victory. Honors God with the wealth. And then the king of Sodom, and we know who the king of Sodom is. He's a contrast to the Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of peace. King of Sodom is king of this world. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. Why? Because Satan wants the people. He wants you. And he'll give you the goods of this life. 
But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I raise my hand to the Lord God, most high creator of heaven and earth, have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing from you. You are not going to lure me into getting my roots in this world, in this life, and what it has to offer. I'm headed to a better place. That's what he's saying. But listen to me, and please pay attention. As spiritually mature as Abram has become, he's still just like you and me. He's challenged. He's human. And you get to chapter 15, and look how it opens. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. God doesn't say, don't be afraid if you're not afraid. He doesn't, he doesn't waste words. What's Abram afraid of? Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus, the servant in his household. And Abram said, you've given me no children. What he's saying is, Years have passed, you promised, and you haven't come through. What's going on? So a servant in my household will be my heir. And then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and he said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said, so shall your offspring be. You can imagine, he's in the middle of nowhere. There are no city lights. There's nothing to obstruct the stars. And you can imagine if you've been on a night like that, him looking up and the stars so numerous and bright. And God says, your descendants. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. What faith. He also said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Remember your salvation experience? to give you this land, to take possession of it. But again, despite this wonderful revelation and even Abraham responding in faith, he believed God, he's still human. Look at verse 8. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know? How can I know that I'll gain possession of it? He's human. Let me summarize the rest of that chapter. God puts Abraham into a deep sleep. And then God prepares a sacrifice to ratify the covenant and his promise that he made to Abram. And God walks in between the pieces of the cut sacrifice while Abram is in a deep sleep and God ratifies the covenant. The message of that is, this is not dependent on Abraham, this is dependent on God. It's dependent on God's promise. The book of Hebrews encourages its readers to discontinue their reliance on the law, the old way of living. Jesus came to fulfill not only the prophecies of a Savior, but also the law itself. He perfectly lived out every word of it, never wavering, and always showing love and kindness. Jesus then became the sacrificial lamb, the one who would die in your place, so you wouldn't need to face the punishment your sins deserve. His blood paid the price. All you need to do is accept it. Are you ready to take this step of faith? Jesus is ready and waiting for you to step away from your old life with loving arms wide open. If you're making a decision for your Savior today, please let us know. We want to pray for you and be available to answer any questions you might have. Please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. 
That's info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word with us. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Join our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for more from this study in the book of Hebrews right here on The Living Word. 